Hello and welcome into Smooth Operators Episode 8. I just realized I forgot to change the name of the title, but it is Episode 8 and we are coming off a beautiful 4th of July week by watching the British Grand Prix. Aren't you boys excited to talk about England? Yeah, I'm so glad Britain got bored after colonizing us and basically invented motorsport. Invented? Whoa there. We invented the car. All right. Henry Ford invented the automobile. What are you talking about, Ben? What do you mean by that? Henry Ford invented the assembly line, but didn't even really. He just made it good. A guy named uh, Otto Daimler invented the car, and guess what? His partner's name was Carl Benz, and then Daimler decided to have his half of the company named after his daughter, Mercedes. Well, that's all and well and good, happened. but we didn't need and, your and history lesson. So, you know what? Thank Germany for the car, thank Britain for motorsports, and thank America for making it so that everyone can watch it. Mercedes-Benz really doesn't talk about that gray area in their history near the founding of their company. But other than that, welcome back to Smooth Operators, everyone. It is Summer Shenanigans Episode 9, I think Noah called it. We only have a few more of these left until we are back in the studio at Auburn. Our Always the same time. We're keeping the same time. 1 p.m. Central Time on Fridays right there on Weagle 91.1 FM. But again, as Ben said, we had the British Grand Prix this weekend. And it's starting to sound like Groundhog Day, day folks, because number hmm. one, Max Verstappen wins a race. Again, 26 points for the Red Bull driver. Also getting one for the fast lap with a minute 30.275. Uh, followed by Lando Norris of McLaren, the number four car in his home Grand Prix in scoring 18 points for the boys in orange, followed by Sir Lewis Hamilton rounding out the podium with 15 points for Mercedes, a double British podium plus the Dutchman, followed by in fourth, his highest finish in Formula One, Oscar Piastri, after starting third, goes to fourth. He gets 12 points for McLaren, followed by another British driver, George Russell, with 10 points for Mercedes. So three of the top five drivers were the British drivers, all the British drivers finishing within the top five. Sergio Perez, after starting 15th on the grid, makes his way all the way up back to six of nine spots on the grid, finishing with eight points. Fernando Alonso, Aston Martin, not a great race for the Aston Martin, scoring six, po six points. Alexander Albon, after Williams dominates a lot of qualifying and a lot of the practice sessions, not really qualifying, but the practice sessions, scores four points for Williams. Charles Leclerc of Ferrari scoring two points for the boys in red. And his teammate Carlos Sainz rounds out the points, scoring people with one. And now, Noah, here's where I'm going to have my bone to pick with your prancing horses. Number The guy who finished in 11th is Florida's own Logan Sargent. Your boys in red, after their terrible performance, cost Logan his first points in Formula One. What do you have to say for yourself? You after, maybe that's why you were uh, down talking the uh, Ben's American flag before the show started. Well, Griggs, be what it is. before you put me on trial for being a traitor, <laughs> if you remember correctly, there was uh, he almost wrecked Lance Stroll early on in the race. Or not like, early. That sounds, on. Like a, uh, that sounds like a Lance Stroll problem. I think it was his fault. No, that was completely Logan Sargent's fault. He took the corner 
too late. I'll say that. Obviously, folks, I'm joking. That was completely Logan Sarge's fault. But at the end of the day, we held on to our 9-10, and, and I'm very proud of us. We probably should have been a whole lot better, but I do believe that yellow got a hold of us, and for some reason we did pit twice. I'm not completely sure why we decided to pit twice right there coming in that second time uh, when the safety car came out. But we got three points, and we're going to take those three points to the top of the standings. You heard. Let's just talk about the topic of standings right here. Max Verstappen wins his sixth consecutive race in Formula One. I think only a few other drivers have ever done that. The most recent driver we remember being, I think, uh, uh, Nico Rosberg in Mercedes. I believe he won six in a row, along with Sebastian Vettel when he was with Red Bull. But any dominance we're seeing right now. In equal what? machinery. Oh, in equal machinery. Yes, that's correct. Out. In equal machinery. Well, let's look at the standings real quick. Max has 255 points. If he was a constructor, he would be 40, uh, 53, uh, 52 points ahead of Mercedes. Max Verstappen, as a single constructor himself, would be in first place in the Drivers' Championship. And if the uh, and if Max Verstappen were to finish in every single race <laughs> second, he would finish every race second. And his teammate. Sergio Perez were to finish first, even with the fastest lap, Max will win the championship by seven points. And we are ten races. So the championship is wrapped up. Basically, but a Ferrari thing could possess Red Bull, I feel like. But see that's that's the I thing. I don't think though. that's gonna happen. Sergio Perez is in second, right? Mm-hmm. If Max Verstappen finishes second, okay. I see what you're saying. It's all but over. Wait, I want to. I wonder, like, what's the realistic number, which race he could, um, he could wrap that up by. I feel like we could find out a way to say that. I just don't know what it would be. Realistic? That's almost impossible because I think the most realistic scenario is he wins out, and so whatever the next or whatever the soonest race would be before the points differential settles. But, I mean, you can't factor in unpredictability into that, so I guess my realistic guess would be uh, probably by um, Austin. Japan. No, Japan, for sure. Um, Before Austin. You think you could wrap it up by Japan, where we'd still have one, two, three, four, five, six races left? That's pretty crazy. Um, I'll split I like the difference, could do by and I'll say Equator. Singapore, maybe. Mm-hmm. What do you want to split Go the difference with, Noah? I was going to say Equator, because I think one of you said Japan, and one of you said Quater. the U.S., however you say it. All right. I don't live there. Most of, the gr- most of the greatest World Cup we've ever seen. Best ever. Oh man. Oh man. I could. I'm. I got to watch that in Mexico, which was a great experience because a lot of the Mexicans love football. So that was a lot of fun. I got to watch it in Griggs' but, apartment. Well, he also loves nice. football. He does. Um. But with this again, just the dominance Max showed this weekend, even when he was behind North at the start after he got a bad start. He still found a way to get back in. That's just how powerful that Red Bull is, especially that Red Bull DRS, because they kept bringing it up over and over again. They were never getting comfortable with Lando's speed, because, you know, when that straight line speed with the Red Bull in, Max has not had to use DRS too much 
this season. The last time he really had to use it probably was Miami. So, in a or when he got passed last weekend. Oh no, I'm talking about no, I know Austria, uh, but I'm talking about like multiple times using it over the race when he was in ninth uh, in Miami. Yeah, like probably not just like a couple laps, but yeah, just still that straight line speed. Like, and we have to say this too. Like we're ten races in, Red Bull. There's been really no talks of them adding any improvements to the car yet. I mean, it's like what we said last week when you were out here, Ben. It's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they have, I mean, why would you change something that's working for Max? Clearly, the yeah, machinery is not the, not the problem on Checo's part. I'm skeptical about the no upgrades thing. I think it's just a lot more quiet than well, what any of the other teams are saying, just due to the fact that it's, Oh, well, I mean, if Red Bull's upgrading the car, it's not going to give them any real advantage. Hmm. Noticeable advantage. Yeah, any real noticeable advantage. I think that's a better way to put it. But, yeah, it's like I really don't think that that car is just a straight-line speed advantage. Um, It actually has a lower straight-line speed than the Williams and the Alpha Tauri. The only problem is for Williams and AlphaTauri is it's also not that good in the corner because their cars aren't that good in the corners except for this weekend where it's oh, Williams, Williams the AlphaTauri the AlphaTauri is not good at any part of the track which is your fault the AlphaTauri handles like a Dodge Challenger like it's rough um but yeah it's like I was just thinking about that you know um with the straight line speed and like Red Bull doesn't just have straight line speed. It has cornering speeds at low, medium and fast corners that are better than all, if not most of the competition. Yeah, I so, agree. The amount of point. what he's doing. I mean, Red Bull ties McLaren for the all time record for most consecutive races. When they've won every race since I believe, what was it last year? Um, I think it was. They posted a graphic today about it on it F1. I'm gonna try to find that. Or no, actually, because they no. because they lost in Mexico because uh, George Russell won in Brazil. That's right. So it's been every race since Brazil. I got to figure out what it. Is. So that's well, that two. Would be, uh, Twenty-eight Grand Prix. That would be. Hold on. Let Let Phil do the math. Talk about something. No, no, no. It's like eighteen Grand Prix. Oh, wait, no, uh, no, so he's won, oh, so it was, okay, no, it was just Abu Dhabi. So last year it's been 11 successive race wins since Abu Dhabi of last year, Max won that. Bahrain, Max, Saudi, Checo, Australia, Max, Azerbaijan, Checo, Miami, Monaco, Spain, Canada, Austria, and Great Britain, all we Max. Get it. So, 11. Yeah, we get it. Um, But, yeah, yeah next race. Abu Dhabi, you know, like, you knew who was going to win it. But yeah, next race. Uh, Hungary, they could break the all-time record in F1 for most consecutive race wins. So that's something to look out for. But we've talked a lot about Red Bull so far. Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, which is McLaren. We've got a little bit of a taste of it last week when Lando Norris scored, I believe, fourth or fifth. At uh, Yeah, fourth at the Austrian Grand Prix. But now... It is coming to our attention that uh, McLaren might be good finishing second and fourth this weekend 
and now going over to our F1 standings and the constructors. They're now up into fifth this week, passing Alpine. They scored more points this weekend than they have the entire rest of the season combined. They are now 98 points behind Ferrari. And if these weekend's events continue to happen, we could see a changing of the guard sooner rather than later. I think it's early to say that they're going to jump Ferrari, but it's not unrealistic. Um, the the pure pace that that car had this weekend was incredible, and Oscar had less of the upgrades, but some of the upgrades. He's getting a new front wing, so he'll be, I mean, if, if this, this weekend is any indication, and he was running a disadvantageous wing for the track. He was running a higher downforce wing than what they were running on Lando. And he should have had a greater pace gap than he did. So if those results are any indication of the future, I think we need to be on the lookout for a Mr. Rookie trying to take over a spot as the lead driver in a team because that was incredible from Oscar. But the thing is, like, they just... I mean, I know Oscar's a little bit quick to jump ship sometimes, but McLaren went after him like a pack of wild dogs last year. Remember, we talked about that for weeks. Oh yeah. And what was going to happen with him? So. And I always thought um, he was Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Apparently I did not. Too. I mean, but. But I mean, Gasly did good today until he like, his he like got spun out. But. Whose fault is that, Greg? No matter with that. That was, that was, um, Daddy's money's fault. No. That was Greg's fault that for predicting that Ocon would do good last week. Why do you, why are you rushing to the defense of Lance Stroll like the least? No, I'm not driver. rushing to uh, his defense. I am ru- I am rushing to prosecute Greg's Blankenberg on the fact that he predicted that Ocon would do good this week. Did you not watch the I show mean, from last week, Ben? Do that. No, you would do that. I was gonna tell wow, you ben. not. But you did it and well, you screwed. It. That's your fault. Well, all your fault. Greg says died. His his audio has died. I think he he was cannot. My prediction. I'm like he's gonna finish eighth or better. Oh. Oh, there's Ben. Ben. Yeah. No, but I said he was gonna finish eighth. So, yeah, eighth? I'll take that one. But Mm-mm. eighth or better. So. That's not. That's but, not even you know, better. I might have. I might have to. I might have to just keep saying Alcon until. Until something good happens. Which by the end of the season, if I keep doing that, you might be go out of the. Um, you might be out of F one if I keep trying. That's like what Noah did to Mick Schumacher last year. No, don't put don't put him on me. Last year, Mick Schumacher is gonna be on the podium. He's gonna make his dad proud. Ugh. Open that door to see Dale Earnhardt sitting in his grave. <laughs> I think that I think when we look back and we're done doing smooth operators today, what was the one moment you think would define what smooth operators is? It'd be like that one. That That's what we that said. And we didn't win any said. award for it. That's the moment we said and didn't win an award for. I don't know why we didn't win one for that. No, I I have no idea. It was clearly our best show. You know, this is the second podcast in a row where I have been made fun of. I got made fun of uh, for the first 15 minutes 
of WWE GL, and now I gotta come in here and listen to y'all make fun of me again. This is just unfair well, at this point. That's just you and Logan. You, you can really just, just stand up to Logan. You got this. No, I'm, it's, it's Alex too. It not matter. The show doesn't um, exist, as far as I'm concerned. But again, just McLaren's yeah. and stuff. They're. I mean, I could see them do a similar result in Hungary. I mean, I could see them finishing high up, not maybe this high up. Yeah. Not top. Mm, I mean, I could see maybe a P3 for one of them potentially. Maybe. That's, but that's really high up considering. I know, but I'm. I think they can do that. Just the way that they look today. I mean, even when you got Lewis Hamilton complaining about your car, you know you got a good car. And if that keeps up, I mean. Uh, I mean, he wasn't complaining about track limits this time, so that's good. But, I mean, I think I think they could, at, by the end of the season, this keeps up and Ferrari's results today keep up. They could, We could be getting into a little bit of a grind for P, and the P4 and the constructors this year, and especially if Aston Martin continues to struggle, too. I mean, Ferrari's still got a chance to even get up to third, which is not that far away there, math. Um, 24 points behind Aston Martin right now. So I mean, yeah. But I think Aston Martin's advantage is going to come back. They went ahead right out of the gate and said that their car is not going to be that fast here. Just interesting because they are like half a mile away. But they said that their car's characteristics didn't match, and they were right. And we got the result we expected. As to Ferrari, I'm interested to see how the McLaren handles on a twisty track with actual corners. And that's what Toto was saying. After the race, he was saying, you know, that McLaren was quick, but we'll see how it goes on a real track, basically. I mean, Silverstone is a real track, but like a traditional circuit, like the Hungara ring. But yeah, so Red Bull is now, according to my trusted calculator, 208 points ahead of Mercedes. So, wow, that's a lot of points. But, yeah, I mean, McLaren, I think... Could be good. I mean, I don't think what you said is going to happen. I think uh, Austin's going to stay in McLaren, but especially at least for one more year. But I don't know, because oh, this year, like at the, at the start of this year, we were really wondering, like, is this the guy that really they just spent all this money, all this time trying to battle for, but couldn't really pull off any results? And now oh, he's man. turned into Nick DeFreeze now. Or, no, he's not turned into Nick DeFreeze. Well, he's, he's turned, turned into someone really good. I Nick DeFreeze would be. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. I mean, yeah, the and fact then, that um, Oscar for podium and Nick was like last of the running cars is just horrifying for him. I'm sure that that must mm-hmm. be terrible to think about. Yes. All right. Next topic for discussion is one. This we did this one last year. It is the Formula One calendar. Next year's calendar was released, yeah. and. I got to go back into the app to find it because F1 posts so much on race days. It is impossible to find anything. So, it's a first me... world problem. That is that is the problem to being an F1 fan is the struggle to find any information about something that happened three days before race day. <laughs> okay, I got it. I just searched between two. All right. Are you boys ready for me to read off the calendar? Yes. No. Wait. Let's start. We don't know. <laughs> All right. Let's go. All right. So on March second, twenty twenty-four, the Bahrain Grand Prix will take place, followed in by on March 9th, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, 
then we take a week off. Then we're in Melbourne for the Australian Grand Prix. Then, a little bit of a change on the calendar this year, we go to Suzuka on April 7th for the Japanese Grand Prix, followed by um, a star quotation mark, whatever you want to call it, the April 21st, a week later, or two weeks later, the Chinese Grand Prix in Shanghai, followed by the Miami Grand Prix a week later. Um, May 19th, the return of the Emilio Romano Grand Prix after a year a year off this year because we did not go to Imola. Followed a week later, we go to Monaco for the Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, is this? Uh, I think two weeks later, we are in Canada for the um, um, Canadian Grand Prix. Followed by on June 23rd, a, a, week, a week in between Canada and Spain, is the Barcelona Grand Prix. Followed by the Austrian Grand Prix a week later. Then the uh, United Ke- the English Grand Prix, which right there we have one, two, three races in a row right there. So we're going to have three races in a row from round 10 to round 12. Followed by the Hungarian Grand Prix July 21st. The Belgium Grand Prix on July 28th. The, um, uh, the, Netherlands, the, the Dutch Grand Prix on August 25th. The Netherlands Grand Prix. Um, then on... September 1st, we go to Monza, followed by, with a change in the calendar, we go to Baku for round 17 on September 15th, followed by the Singapore Grand Prix on September 22nd. <laughs> Breathe. And then we go to Coda on October 20th, 2024, followed by Mexico City on October 27th. Go to Sao Paulo, Brazil on um, November 3rd, followed by Las Vegas on November 23rd. Round 23, the penultimate race of the season. We go to Qatar on December 1st and wrapping it all up once again at Yas Marina. December 8th, 2024, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So the only month we will not see cars on track in F1 in the next coming um, year will be the month of January. So that's the only month we will without see F1 tracks. So four key facts before we break it down. There will be 24 races on the 2024 calendar. Uh, it's been moved to a more regionalized calendar, which is the reasoning why Japan has been switched to round four and Azerbaijan has been switched to round 17. Uh, there will be two Saturday races next year, um, along with, I think that the Las Vegas one will always be on a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Two, for the Saturday races in Bahrain and Saudi Arabia to respect Ramadan during that time, and then the Chinese Grand Prix returns for the first time. Since 2019, if uh, as of the time of this recording, and I'm going to cut you off right there. Why are we going to China F1? Why? I get that it's a big market. It. I like the racetrack. I know Ben Griggs. Y'all probably don't. Why are we going back to China? Why not? Because I don't understand why we have to go there and move Japan to the fourth race of the season. Who cares? Japan used to be the first race, and it also used to be the last race. Double Japanese Grand Prix. So you said this is regional. We go Australia, Japan, China, Miami. That's how... Yeah, Miami doesn't make sense there. Uh, Especially since there's not going to be a Coda in a Las Vegas directly to follow. Didn't my big thing is didn't F one leave China because of political reasons? No, no, they COVID lockdown this year. 
Oh, okay. China's been locked down for four years now, so. Okay. I thought A did not go to China this year for something totally different. Yeah, that one's not going to age well. <laughs> no, it's not. But whatever. Um, another weird but, facet yeah. of this is we go from Imola, Monaco, Canada, and then Spain. I find that. No, they're keeping it more regionalized, like, week by week. So, like, the ones that are back-to-back, they'll be in, like, the same region. That's what they're going off of. So, like, it's not like they're going from, like, Coda to, like, Japan, Las Vegas. Even though that would be a little bit more regionalized than people would think, but still. But I like I like the changes a little bit. I mean, the drivers would probably like it. Azerbaijan not being right at the start of summer, more at the end of summer now. So I think they would prefer mm-hmm. that, I imagine. Um, yeah. I've never seen an active I've race been- in uh, I've never seen an active race in China yet, so that'll be fun. So being semi new to F1, so high hopes. Because the track, uh, the, the the finish line architecture around that looks cool. Am I right, Ben? That's all I've really seen of the track. Yeah, Shanghai is cool. It's got some good man. corners. It's got some good corners. It is a Hilka or a Herman Tilka track. So, I mean, I haven't seen a race on there in a long time. Who knows how these ground effect cars are going to go? But, I mean, it should be entertaining. But yeah, like my only, I mean, I've got no complaints really with the, with the calendar. It just kind of is what it is, you know. It's going to happen and, either way, whether you want yeah. to or not. Yeah. Y'all are no fun. You're supposed to I mean, drive I mean, up conflict. Drive controversy for content and all that. But 24 I think, American races. 24 American races. There's your content, Noah. Yes, do that. Please. Stop messing around with all this jet flying and burning up the ozone layer. Just do 24 races, 24 weeks in America. You want to go net carbon F1, go 24 races in America. Exactly. You could put them up on trucks. That's done easily. That's how they do it in IndyCar. So, I mean. That's how they do it in NASCAR. However, a a truck cannot drive to Monaco from Miami, unfortunately. Sci- even though science has become more advanced. I bet we could figure that I out. Think, um, honestly, I think the best truck driver in the world, Alex Albon, could figure a way out because he figured a way he figured out a way to drive the truck that is the Williams into eighth place. Alex Albon might mess around and give himself a printing horse seat. Yeah, I don't want him there. Because who knows how that's getting it up for him. The way Ferrari's form is, which has been Broad. shocking. Shockies. I mean, <laughs> Ferrari's form has been shockingly bad. Um, and well, I don't know what's called. the last topic of discussion. Prancing I really horsing. don't. No prancing. Horse, no prance. Horse, no prance. Uh, Noah on our graphic VC on our Twitter. Follow the Twitter at SMOP Podcast if you feel so inclined. The graphic has an upside-down horse, which I thought was a nice little touch to that. Thank but, you. It took a long yeah. time to figure out how to do that. As I made it in the Waffle House, uh, in the on the Waffle House bar, sat there on my phone and I made it. But yeah, I mean Ferrari just 
really another painful race for them. They dropped from their qualifying spots to finish ninth and 10th. Like McLaren, they went on to be hard tires as well. But however, um, that really didn't affect them as much because we didn't talk about this one thing about the McLaren. They talked about all the whole entire race. I don't know if you noticed this, Ben. They're talking about how quickly that for that McLaren was able to get those tires fired up to the right speed and to the yeah. to get it. I definitely noticed that. Um, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, I also want to say that um, the ability of the McLaren to keep with and pull ahead of the um, and pull ahead of the Mercedes was just impressive. It was definitely cool to watch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just. From the qualifying start for Charles Leclerc in fourth, Carlos Sainz in fifth, they respectively finished ninth and tenth. Three points for on Ferrari on a track last year where they had a winning car. I believe they got a double podium, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I could be mistaken. Yes. You are not but mistaken. That drop-off from a year ago, Noah, as a resident Ferrari frustrated fan, are certified FFF. What is your thoughts on the team's state right now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I came into this season knowing that Red Bull was going to dominate and everything like that. And we, you know, have a new guy at the top that we're going to need to be patient on, even though we are a winning franchise, much like the New England Patriots and the New England Revolution. I knew that's that we very were, true. I knew we were going to have to be patient, and I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting throughout this time, and it just has not come this season. And all it does is make me more excited for next season because, honestly, the car's not that bad. I know the 9 and 10 finish from this past weekend uh, for the English Grand Prix does not look good. But to me, a large part of that was the fact that uh, caution hit and we kind of took a bump there in the standings. We had pitted really early for reasons I don't know. Ben, you can probably explain that to me later. But I just don't understand. I get where we're going. I feel like we're going up. It's just I don't think we're going to be able to compete with the Red Bulls and the two different second-place markers of Aston Martin and Mercedes right now as it stands. I think next season we should be able to at least compete for second because I don't think anybody in the next five years is competing with Max Verstappen and the Red Bull Brigade. Yeah, I definitely can see that evidence in the performance of Red Bull this season, but I mean, I, I really to go back to the fact that Ferrari hasn't won a race in over a year um, since. Uh, oh shoot! What, when was it? I think it was Mon. No, 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 no. It was. Uh, yeah, it was, was Monza. It Britain? No, it wasn't Mon- Max won a Monza. Yeah, Max won in Monza. That was like when we knew it was over for for Ferrari. Um, I, think I think it, it was. I think it was Britain. Was it, or was it Britain? No, I think. 
It was not Britain. It was because Lewis or Max or somebody took over at the last second in Britain. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Oh, yeah. Anybody other than Ferrari. I mean, Ferrari hasn't had a win in a very long time. Um, I think that's kind of frustrating for Ferrari. I can see that. Um, Um... Ferrari's yeah. last race win. Uh, nothing's coming up on here. Um, yeah, oh, nothing's sorry. coming no, up. Leclerc, yeah. Leclerc, in Austria last year, where Carl Sainz's car turned into a microwave. Yeah. So it's That's been right. almost a year. Or wait, it's been over a year now. So it's been over a year since Ferrari's won a race, even though it's better than they did with like what three years without a race win from last year to like twenty nineteen. Yeah, so they went from tw- a Singapore 2019 with Vettel to um, Singapore 2019 uh, Singapore 2019 with Vettel to 2022 Bahrain. So took them a little while to get there, but yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to go another couple years without a regular race win. But I think they'll be fine. I think Fred Vassier has got a good plan for the prancing horses. I think there's still reason to have hope. I mean, they're already. I mean, they got a shot to get third place ahead of Aston Martin if they get some good upgrades on the car. And then, yeah, I mean, Leclerc's not really had any problems with. They've not really had any reliability issues as of recently, which is just better. It's just the drivers just really haven't been performing to that to the top standard that they should be as Ferrari drivers. But at the same time, I do think the call or the car, Jesus no, and the um. Strategy calls in the past couple of years have not helped us. We got a new guy in charge. This is his first year. Uh, I think we just got to be patient at the end of the day. I think the drivers maybe are a part of the issue, but they're not the whole issue. Fair enough. Just you people have no faith. Today, gentlemen. No faith. I just said give them time. What are you talking about, you people, no faith? You people equal no faith plus lies to make yourself look better and feel better. Like the New England Revolution, Noah. A great team was not built overnight. It's not. It's not built overnight. I don't even... How are they doing in the MLS right now, Griggs? They're in third in the Eastern Conference. It's pretty good. Yeah. I didn't know the MLS had conferences. baby. <laughs> Ben does not know about the New England Revolution. Oh, they lost to Red Bulls last night. But don't worry. The New England Revolution will continue to push on. Just like Ferrari, as we will continue to be patient. Patient. Agreed. We will be patient at Ferrari. Unfortunately, that is all we have time for today. We want to thank everyone for tuning into the show. Missing today's show. You check it out on your favorite podcast platform later tomorrow. We'll make sure to tweet that out. At our Twitter handle at SMOP Podcast. Follow that if you've never done that. And feel free to send us some messages there. Some messages on there sometimes. Hit us up in our Twitter DMs. Tell us what you like about the show. Any topics of discussion we could talk about. Any just any topics of discussion we could bring on here. We might have to do one of those segments next week where we have people submit stuff in to yeah. talk about. I would but, love to do yeah, that'd be fun. Um, ask anything appropriate, please, of course. But other than that, 
For Noah Phillips, Ben McClurkin, I'm Greg Splankberg. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. On It's been Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. We'll see you back here next week, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. But until then, have a great week, everyone, and War Eagle.